Welcome to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. I normally drink decaf coffee. And I know some of you out right now are telling me, repent, repent. You know, I had real coffee today. <laughs> I've also got to teach my Sunday school class. And I always, in my Sunday school class, when I get done with that, because I am operating in where God wants me to be at that time, and I'm speaking to things that God wants me to speak, man, I get fired up. And so I got here, spirit residing in me today, and I've got that caffeine coursing through my veins. So, like he said, you might want to buckle up and hang on. So we're going to get to it. All right, we're going to get going. And I, I, there are four things I kind of want, want you to know right now, because I'm going to kind of tell you what I'm going to tell you. Because I want to hit all these different things. I think they're very, very important. And the first thing I want to tell you, you have direct access to God. And you can know Him. The second thing I want you to know is that He wants you to grow up. He wants you to grow up. You've also been given the faith to live out this life that he has given you. And the final thing is because of all of that, you can now go and do and fulfill the purpose he has poured into your life. That's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to start off and we're going to get right now to the full access of God and let you know a little bit about it. Do you know that in the past... Not everybody had full access to God. Yeah. If you read the Old Testament, you know that happened. Look at what happened with Moses. Let's go to Exodus chapter, uh, chapter 19, starting at verse 16. So it came about on the third day when it was morning that there were thunder and lightning flashes and a thick cloud upon the mountain and a very loud trumpet or sound so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. Everybody knew God was coming on the mountain. Remember what had happened? God had said, send Moses up to the top of the mountain. And everybody else put a boundary around the bottom of it. And if you go up on the mountain, you die. Moses was sent up there to get the word of the Lord directly to him. And God put up the thunder and the lightning and everything so that he could make sure that everybody knew that God was speaking to him so that when he came back down from the mountain and when he spoke the words that God had told to him, he was sp speaking directly from God. There was absolutely no question. The thing is, God was speaking directly to Moses, to them. He was God's ambassador here on earth for the word, for what he wanted them to do. There was a go-between in between them. It's kind of interesting. God, he had his own nation. He'd already called them out. He'd already removed them from Egypt. He delivered them from slavery. He destroyed the, 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 the Egyptian army. He brought them out. He was their God. They were his people, but he still had someone speaking in between them. God reiterates this a little bit later. Let's go up to... Um, now let's go to Numbers, chapter 12, verses 6 and 8. It's kind of interesting. God reaffirms this later, that Moses is the one that directly speaks with God and speaks to the people. So we had Aaron and Miriam were mumbling and grumbling against Moses. Now, who is Aaron? 
Yes, he's not an insignificant man. What did Aaron do when they were in Egypt? He was the very mouthpiece speaking through Moses to, to Aaron and to Pharaoh. He was the very mouthpiece of God speaking to the Pharaoh. Secondly, what else was his first position? He was the first high priest. This guy is not insignificant. What about Miriam? It was his sister, the older sister. She had the boldness to go forward to see Pharaoh's daughter when Moses is picked out of the rushes, to go forward to her and say, listen, I know a Hebrew woman who lost her son. She can take care of this baby for you until he is weaned. Miriam was also the same one that sang the song after the, the entire army of Egypt was destroyed and drowned in the Red Sea. Remember? The horse and rider thrown into the sea? She sang that song. Her words through God are in Scripture. She is not an insignificant person. Miriam and Aaron were both mumbling and grumbling, saying, well, God speaks to us too, right? It's not just Moses. We should have some importance here. He shouldn't just be the direct line. God reiterated and said, no, that's not quite true. Listen, he said, he calls Aaron, Miriam, and Moses to a little meeting. And he was going to tell him, this is what I say. He said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. With him I speak mouth to mouth, directly, face to face, even openly and not in dark sayings. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then are you not afraid? Moses spoke directly from God. There was an intermediary in between the nations, and God reaffirms it there. It's very interesting, too. Even when Joshua takes over, we haven't got into that yet, even when Joshua takes over from Moses, and he is anointed, the mantle is put on him where he will be the leader of this entire nation. Guess what? You think that that mantle would fall on him, and he would speak directly with God, and he would then speak directly to the people? No. That's not what happens. Joshua, in order to find out what the will of God was, had to go to Eleazar, the high priest who took over from Aaron, the son of Aaron. He had to go to him, and with the lights and the perfects, whatever it was, those two things he had, he was to inquire of the Lord through the priest, and then God would let him know what's going on. There was an intermediary in between the nation and with them. The other thing is, remember the words that, that, that Moses brought back with him? He didn't just bring words. He also brought plans. What were the plans he brought back? The tabernacle. And what is the tabernacle? That was the actual dwelling place on earth for the Shekinah glory of the Lord. In fact, it's called the Meshkin, which is the place where his glory will reside. He told Moses, he said, when you build that mercy seat, I will come down. I will be between those two angels and I will speak to you face to face. Moses brought the plan down of the tabernacle. Guess what? What did he put in front of the Ark of the Covenant, which was in the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle? A veil. 
Why? To separate the priests from that. They could only go back there once a year. And they had to be prepared to do that. Outside of that was the holy place where, they would, where the priests would go in and they would take care of the table of shoe bread. They would take care of the lights. They would take care of all that and the incense and all of that stuff. They went in there. They had to go in prepared to do that. They were separate from everybody else. In fact, they were separate so far. Not all Levites were allowed to offer the fire or to be the priests. Remember the, the rebellion? They offered strange fire before the Lord, and guess what happened? Out of the tent, out of the tent of meeting, came fire and consumed 250 men. There was responsibility. There was a line of succession. There was a separation from direct access to God to this nation of, this nation of Israel, his chosen peculiar people. But is that so with us? No. Let's look at Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 and 51. What happened when Christ died on the cross? Verse 50. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold... The veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split, and the tombs were emptied. The direct access was gained through Christ's death on the cross. We no longer have an intermediary in between us and the great Father who lives in his throne room up in heaven. In fact, we have no barriers between us. We can know what He wants us to do. We can go to Him directly. We can go to Him with boldness into the very throne room. We are not kept out of the Holy of Holies except for one day every year. We can go to the Holy of Holies every day. We have that through the righteousness of Jesus Christ on our bodies. We are in Him, and because we are in Him, we are with the Father. You can know what God wants you to do. You just have to ask. There is nothing in between you. God wants you to know. He, in fact, he says, if you lack wisdom, ask him. Ask him. If you don't know what to do, go before him. You can come into his very presence. And you can know you can know what he wants you to do. And he will speak to you. That's what these, all these when they went down there, that's what, that, was, that was so great down there at the end. You know why? People were seeking God. They were seeking his presence. They were seeking what God wanted to tell them so that they can go out and do what they needed to do. They were open to that, and there was no barrier we heard the testimonies from them. That barrier was removed. They didn't have to have someone else standing in front of them and telling them, this is what God said for you, Matthew. I am not Moses. I cannot be your Moses. I am not your Holy Spirit. You can hear from him, and you need to hear from him. And this comes kind of a hard word now. I'm sorry. 
I don't want to be stepping on your toes, but guess what? There's some good stuff here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to babes in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able. We need to grow up, people. You need to find out what God is speaking to you. The Word of God is here. The Word of God, you have it. You can put it in your heart. You can memorize it. You can study it. You can read it. You can talk to other people. You need to know it. You need to get it. And you need to grow up. He's talking to, he's talking to the first church at Corinth. He's talking to the Gentiles. He's saying, listen, people. Paul was their preacher. Good Lord, if you can't find any more authority than that who is speaking the direct word of God, Jesus came to him on the road to Damascus in visual form. He was blinded. The scales were lifted off his eyes. He stopped persecuting the church and he began preaching the word with authority and with boldness. And even then, he's talking to the first church of Corinth and he's saying, listen, people, I have been preaching to you. Grow up. But not to be left out, guess what? In Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, even the Jews were not growing up. They're hearing the word, but they're not taking it in. What does it say? For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the what? Elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For any, everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. At this point in time, he's telling the Hebrews, guess what, people? You've got the word of God. We have been preaching to you. You have been seeing. Look, read what it says in Acts. You have been seeing signs and wonders. You have come together as a body. There is nothing that you hold that is your own, but it is everybody's, and it is given out to each who has need. All of that was going on in the first church, and he's telling them, you have not yet grown up. It's time for you to learn to find out what God is speaking to you. I can't I can, I can come up here a week, and, and Sam can come up here every week. All be, you know, you've got to start feeding yourself, people. What can kids do? What can Abel do right now? <laughs> he can do that. They're children. Right now, Abel, guess what? If Elise and Matthew did not feed him, would he hunger? Yes. If they did not change him, would he be messy? If they didn't get him clothes, if they didn't go to the store, purchase those clothes, bring them back, and actually change him, would he be dressed? No, he would not survive. We don't, children need to be taken care of, and it's important that we take care of children. We've got to bring them along and let them continue to grow. Kids get a little bit older, and they can start doing a few more things, right? They can start helping with dishes. 
They can start help folding clothes. They can do a lot of different things. But they're still not able to do a lot of things that we can as adults with responsibilities. Good grief. I wouldn't let your daughter drive my car. She wouldn't be able to reach the pedals. She, could, she might be able to grab the steering wheel, but good grief, she's not going to make it down the road safely. We don't let kids do those things. We don't let kids go out and fight battles, do we? Who goes out and fight battles? Soldiers, Marines, Coast Guardmen, Airmen. They go out and fight battles. Those are adults. Those are people that have been tried. They have been proven. They have studied. They have been tested. You don't put untested people in a battlefield. It's kind of one of the things you need to know that, listen, if you are not growing up, how are you going to be a soldier in Christ's army? 2 Timothy 2. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier. What? A soldier of Jesus Christ. We've got to grow up, people. We don't need our dirty laundry laying all over the place, right? If you've got little kids running around the house, guess what? You've got a lot of dirty laundry, right? What's some, you know, Kristen, I'm, probably most of you don't know, Elise and I, my wife and I, we have six kids. They're a lot older now. They can take care of their own laundry. That's great. But when we were younger, guess what? Laundry piles up. Man, wouldn't it be nice to have an, an empty laundry basket? Good grief. There's something my, my wife told me about it yesterday. It's really kind of, that's why I'm bringing this up right now. Let me go, yeah. For all you young women out there, I got two points on dirty laundry. Number one, you're never going to catch up. And number two, get a new dream. <laughs> yeah, kids have dirty laundry, but we need to have them train them. Continue to grow them. Continue to get them and bring them along so they can start accepting those responsibilities that God is going to continue to put into your hands and put in their place. We need to grow people up. And that's what they're saying here. You have direct, direct access to God. You can know Him. And since you can, it's time for you to start putting that into your life, putting it into your heart, start acting it out, start walking it out, so that you will not be a child any longer. Okay. Let's go to the next. Yes, ma'am. That is a great beginning. That is a great beginning. Allowing him to impermeate this in our lives to do that. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Now, let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. This is, what, this is really cool, because guess what? With all I have said, with all you can know, with all that you can do to grow up, guess what? God is not leaving you alone. You actually have the power to reside with Him. Okay, let's read what it says. Uh, first, 2 Peter 1, 1. Simon Peter a bond servant, an apostle of Jesus Christ. We know who Simon Peter is, right? He's a pretty important guy. He was not insignificant. To those who have received a faith of what? Of the same kind as ours. We have got 
the same faith as Peter. We did not get a secondary God. Because we are thousands of years later after Peter, we don't have something that is inferior. We have the very same God. We have the same faith, the same kind of faith. What was Peter like? When he walked through places, people were laying alongside the road to be healed, right? That's what it says in Acts. That's what it says in Scripture. That's what he did. When his shadow fell on them, they were healed. His shadow. He didn't have to lay hands. He didn't pray. Peter just walked by. That's the same faith you have residing in you. Know you not that you are the temple of God, the Spirit of God dwells in you? That same Spirit, that same faith is in you. You have that power. You have that authority residing in you. They took handkerchiefs from him and sent them off to people. Guess what? From a distance, they were healed. That same power resides in you. It's the same kind of faith. Don't forget it. It says, in, uh, by the righteousness of God, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. You can know Him, and it's going to be multiplied. Not added on, added on. It's multiplied, people. You can know Him. There's no excuse here. Look what it says. Seeing that His, what? Divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Everything. Everything has been granted to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You have no lack. You have nothing that needs to be done. You have everything you need to live that life you're supposed to. We're not talking about, you said, look at it, it says, pertaining to life and godliness. People, you don't have to live an ordinary life. We have an extraordinary God, and He wants you to live an extraordinary life. And He has called you for a specific purpose to be here on this earth. I look out right now, and I see all you right there, and I see you all looking back at me. That means tells me two different things. Since you're not gasping for air, you have an airway, and I know you're breathing. The second thing is your eyes are open. Well, maybe, yeah, they're all open, and they're looking at me right now. That means your heart is beating in your chest. That means you are alive. You are functioning. You are a person. And because of that, you have a purpose. The only reason you are not sleep or asleep and sleeping, that you are no longer here on this earth but have joined Christ in heaven, is because you have a purpose here to fulfill. And each of you has a unique purpose which you only and only you can fulfill. So as long as you're here, as long as you're breathing, as long as your heart is beating, you have a purpose. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? 
Because if you don't know, ask. Because we've already gone through that. There is no one in between you and God the Father. God the Father has created you specifically to do something on this earth. And if you don't know what He has created you for, ask Him. He will tell you. He will let you know what it is you are supposed to be doing. You have a job to do, and I need you to do your job. I've got to do mine. I cannot do yours. I am not worked that way. You have to come forward with your giftings. You have to come forward with your purpose. You have to come forward and be sent and go out and do what God wants you to do. You have to do that. And now, like I said, if you don't know, you can ask. And the second thing he's going to do, if you are not ready to go out into that mission field, he is going to grow you up. He's going to bring people alongside of you. He's going to bring apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists and all those people to help grow you to what? To become mature. So that you are equipped, as it says in Ephesians 4, so that you are equipped to do what you're supposed to do. And then you can step out and step in to faith and be the person you are supposed to be. To be, you know, that's, that's an old army saying, be all you can be. But the whole point is, that is what you're supposed to do. In Christ Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit residing within your body, you can fulfill what He wants you to do. Do you know what it is? Are you moving forward in it? Are you exercising your gift? Are you working towards it? It's kind of interesting, you know. Let's say you bought a treadmill last year. And this year you sold it because it didn't do any good. <laughs> if you don't get on a treadmill, you're not getting any good out of it. If you are not exercising your gift, not only are you not getting something out of it, we're not getting something out of it either. Because you are supposed to be giving and exercising your gift so that I can be blessed. So that I can be blessed by you. All of us have a part. Every one of us needs to fulfill that part. And if you're not fulfilling that part, then you're a child. And Sam will be up here feeding you milk when you should be eating steak. Time to grow up. I'm going to finish with this. Oh, right on time. I love it. This is from a book written by John Gar, Ph.D., He's a really good guy. I mean, he has got some really good stuff. This is what I want to challenge you with at the end here. Never accept anything as truth simply because I or anyone else has said it. Challenge every thought. Never abdicate your responsibility to know the truth for yourself. You owe it to yourself to search the scriptures and to do so diligently. Like Ezra of old, you must devote yourself to studying the Word of God and then 
to doing it. Examine every idea in the light of Holy Scripture. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you as He wills. Because He, and only He, has this job description. When He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Search the scriptures, people. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. Could I have the um, prayer teams come forward here? And would someone play? I guess I like having the music in the background. It's so cool. Well, you know, really, you know, music is important. When did God's power fill the temple when they dedicated it? It was, yeah, it wasn't when they were reading the Word of God. The priests were up there. Everything was ready. It was when they began to play the music. God's Spirit, God came down, and His Spirit was so heavy they could not even stand to worship. So I like to have that because that gives us extra. That's just great. The point is today, I want you to look at yourself. I am not your Holy Spirit. I can't be your Holy Spirit. I don't want to be your Holy Spirit. He can speak to you. Ask him now. Ask him, what is it I need to be doing? Ask him where you're supposed to go, what you're supposed to do. We'll pray about Israel. Yeah. Because he does have something for you. Some of those people probably got some of those words when they were down there at the sin. But guess what? We don't have to be there in that big arena with 58,000 people. We can be here today because the same God that was there in power and working in their lives is here this morning working in your hearts and our lives. It is not different. It is the same thing. And you can do that. So if you don't know, I'd like to ask, have you just seek your heart. Let God speak to you what it is you're supposed to do. And if there's anything else you need prayer over, we have people up here. We want to pray for you. We want you to be able to speak and have people come alongside you so that as you're speaking to the very Father who loves you, He can comfort, guide, He can heal you, man. That's all up here. But you have got to grow up. You've got to get out of those seats. And you've got to come up if you need it. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much, Lord God, for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that you speak to us, that you speak to our hearts directly. There is nothing in between us. It is a direct line from you to us. Lord God, that direct line, it says, it came from Abraham through him and his line, his descendants. All the world will be blessed. Lord God, you, we were grafted into that nation, the nation of Israel. And so, Lord God, we ask that you would bless Israel now. As we bless Israel, we get blessed. Lord God, just look after Israel. Look after your people, Lord God. They are your testimony of your power on this very earth. Lord God, protect them, guide them. Help them to seek your face, to turn from their wicked ways as well and turn back to you. Help us, Lord God, also to turn our eyes away from ourselves and back on to Jesus. Help us, Lord God, to submit ourselves humbly before him 
so he can raise us up in due time and put us where we're supposed to be so we move forward in you. We thank you, Jesus. And we bless you. And we love you so much. In your son's most holy name we say, amen. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.